Welcome back. It's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Sloth Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From, like, rub brats to, like, as told by Ginger, to Movie Monday, to True Creepy Things Tuesday, to whatever I feel like talking about, because this is my podcast, and I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun, and we'll try to stay as calm as we can, but let's get into it, and let's all have some fun listening, and you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. Christmas again. It is a movie. Christmas Again is a holiday Disney Channel original movie starring Scarlett... I want to say Evans? Edstons? It's directed by Andy... It was premiered on December 3rd, 2021 on the Disney Channel. This new Disney Channel holiday movie centers on Rowena Rowe, a high-spirit 11-year-old hoping to add more spunk to her Christmas celebration when her parents' divorce is going anything but smoothly, hoping to get things back to the way they were 
Before her father's new girlfriend and her son entered the scene, she makes a wish to a mall Santa. However, her Christmas wish goes away, or worry, it goes bad. As she finds herself living the same day over and over again, stuck in this endless loop, she must learn to love her new blended family and learn the true meaning of Christmas. Trivia, the movie takes inspiration from the 1993 film Groundhog Day. This is the first Disney Channel original movie in 10 years. Produced by Good Luck Charlie's It's Christmas. Oh, proceeded. The film was added to Disney Plus on December 3rd, the same day as the premiere on Disney Channel. This is the fourth Disney Channel original movie to feature Hispanic protagonists after Gotta Kick It Up, Princess Protection Program, and Wizards of Waverly Place the movie. This is the first Disney Channel original movie to feature an LGBT LGBT plus couple kissing on screen. However, this is the second Disney Channel original movie to feature an LGP, uh, LGBT holy moly, I can't speak today. I've been up since 3 a.m. After Under Wraps. Okay, now I have to look that one up because I remember that movie and I don't remember it that well. I do and it's just been so long. After a distraught celebration, 12-year-old Rowena makes a wish and unexpectedly finds herself reliving Christmas Day over and over. Okay, now I want to see Under Wraps. Oh, the 2021 Under Wraps. That's right. It's a it's a Halloween movie. Well, I am really tired. I am so tired. My dog woke me up at 3 a.m. and I haven't slept or taken a nap. Really need one. Christmas Again, directed on how Scarlet, I'm so sorry if I can't pronounce her name, helps shape the movie's time loop. Celebrating Christmas every day may seem like a cheerful idea at first, but if you had to hear Jingle Bell Rock all year round, you'd probably relate more to the Grinch. Oh, I love the Grinch. He's just so cute, cuddly, and mean, and you just want to cheer him up. And I feel like he's everyone's favorite Christmas between him and Scrooge, or like the Christmas no bad guys. The newest Disney Treasure original movie, Christmas Again, tells the story of Rowena, who finds herself distraught the year's holiday ends up making a deal with Santa to have a Christmas do-over but over and over again usually in those movies you have to figure out what you're doing wrong directed and expected producer Andy tells us more about the first um, in a while have you ever ducked a holiday film before Christmas again Andy I have to quickly think to be like have I done a holiday film? I haven't. I have wanted to do a Christmas movie forever. I was born on Christmas Day, so I've definitely looked. We made movies with Billy Crystal, Betty Miller, and many more. That was not a holiday movie, but it was released on Christmas Day. Groundhog Day is one of my favorite. What drew you to this particular story? 
favorite, so I love the concept. My ex-wife and I got a divorce when my son was around five, and I always connected with the narration of how difficult it is for children of divorce or someone who has lost a parent when new people are introduced into their lives, especially in the holidays. Dad and the new girlfriend. Mom has a new husband. My ex-wife and I are very close. But I think we are on the lucky side. I know how hard it is. That is so cute. Is this the first Christmas Disney Channel movie in 10 years? It's been 10 years, which is crazy because we were working on it and then we started going in production. So what is any pressures that came with this? Mickey comes to your house, knocks on your door and says, don't <laughs> screw it up. <laughs> okay, that is so funny. These are questions that there was hardly anything on this because this is like new new. So I was like, what else can I find? And the main actress was in Lucifer, Bonk, Daddy's Home 2, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, 2018, Daddy's Home, Raven, About Bunk. Ah, now I know her. She was in Bunk. She played the, like, roommate who was, like, lived in the wilderness. Now I, I thought I looked familiar, but she looked grown up and it took me a bit. If um, you gave a mouse a cookie, um, and then there was you, I think? Nickelodeon's, um, The Marvelous Mysteries, The Magic Bracelet, Disney Channel, Disney Channel, Disney, like, Christmas. So she's been in quite a few things. Your main character reveals the same date, uh, so this reminds me of a few stories I have, movies I have seen, but I don't think they were made directly for Disney Channel. There's Snow Globe. No, Snow Globe didn't do that. It was 12 Dates of Christmas. Um, what was the other one? It was with Donald Duck's nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They had those, and then they had, um... Oh, there was another one, but it's been so long. But, like, they didn't make it. I think they just have the rights to it now. Scarlet seems brilliant in this. You talk a little bit, but what was it like with her on set? She just had the right attitude. I had the pleasure of working with lots of kids, sometimes early in their careers, looking for someone whose natural instincts is that. So, yeah. I've seen her on Bunked. I didn't even place that at first. And she's a great little actress. Like, her characters are so opposite that you almost don't even recognize her. And she's a cute kid, so. I just didn't recognize her because, like, for some reason, like, her character, she is so good because I didn't even place that she, she was the same character. I would say if you have time and you, like, want to watch something new that's Christmas and for the kids, go watch this. It's adorable. It's sweet. It's about divorced parents and trying to get along for the holidays for the kids' sake. And I totally get that. 
And, like, when you have a new sibling, the sibling comes in and kind of takes over, but, like, in a different way. It, it kind of reminds me of, like, what I went through. My mom died. I had divorced parents. I had a new sibling. I had step-siblings. It was a whole thing. And, I mean, this movie is relatable, so it's definitely cute. And Disney Plus has a lot of fun Disney Christmas movies and other Christmas movies, so you could totally watch that. I know Freeform has some on uh, that channel as well, or on demand. Hallmark and Lifetime have some, but they're more like, um, overly Christmas romantically. So if you don't want to romance, do not watch those. If you want to romance, go ahead. I know Netflix has some, and Paramount has a few. Wild House was okay. But yeah, I think this one is a go-to if you want to watch something with the kids that you haven't seen before. But if you're like, oh, I don't really want to watch something new, I have my classics and that's enough, then that is perfectly fine. I hope you all have a great, wonderful day. I will see you on Wednesday because I'm trying not to do any media tomorrow. I'm going to probably end up on here crying because I do YouTube, TikTok, everything and I'm like, how am I supposed to not do social media? I mean, I could probably work on my animation, on some kid videos and more adult videos, but doesn't matter. I'm taking the day off. Have a great day. Bye for now. Signing off. So today we're going to talk about a winter solstice fairy story I found online. The winter solstice story, the Yold Fairy. A group of little fairies huddled in their home, deep under the roots of a giant oak tree. They were safe and snug in their tiny underground cave, lined with dandelion fluff, bird feathers, and dried moss. Outside the window below, cold in the snow, fell softly down to cover the ground. I saw the sun king today, the fairies named Rose, said as she pulled her moss cloak tighter around her. He looked so old and tired as he walked off through the forest. What is wrong with him? The great oak said he's dying, answered Daffodil. Dying? Oh, wait, what will we do? Little meadow grass started to cry. If the sun king dies, our little plant friends will not grow. The birds will not come and sing again. Everything will be winter forever. Lika, Dandelion, and Elder Blossom tried to confirm their friend, confront their friend, but they were all very sad. As they huddled together, there was a knock on the tiny door. Open up, fairies, called out a loud voice. Why are you hiding instead of joining us in the solstice celebration? Rose opens the door and the little gnome, brown knobby, pushed inside, shaking and the glistening snowflakes off of his brown coat and hat. We are too sad to celebrate, Daffodil said, wiping her eyes. The Sun King is dying, haven't you heard? He is 
dead, you silly fairies. Brown knobs, round dark eyes, sparked with laughter. No hurry, or we'll be late for the celebration. How can you be happy and laughing? Elder Blossom stomped her little foot. And frown. Oh. <sighs> At the gnome, it's the Sun King is dead. It will be winter always. We will never see the sun again. Silly little child fairies, brown knobby grabbed Dandelion by the hand and pulled her to her feet. There is a secret to winter solstice. Don't you want to know what it is? The fairies looked at him in surprise. Secret, they all said. What secret? We are all new little fairies, you silly gnome. We've never been to solstice celebration before. Come and see, come and see. Get your capes and come with me. Brown knob danced and jigged around the room. Hurry, hurry, don't be slow. To the secret oak grove through the snow. He danced out for the door and disappeared. What did that no mean? Rose asked as she gathered up her cloak of dried rose petals, held together with cobwebs and lying with moss down. I don't know, but the lady lives in this scary grove. Meadow grasped, pulled out her hat. Perhaps if we go to see the goddess, she can explain what brown knobby was talking about. The fairies left their snug little home and trugged off through the snow towards the scared oak grove. The forest was dark with the only the light of the moon shining down through the thick fir branches and the brave limbs of maple and hawthorn. It was very difficult for them to get through the snow because they were very, very small. As they wade wadded through the wet snow and shivered in the cold wind, they met a fox. Where are you going, fairies? asked the fox. To the scare grove, they answered. They were cold and shivering. So, so gold. Climb on my back and I will take you there swiftly. The fox knelt down so the fairies could climb up. Then he reached off through the dark. Listen, Licka said as they neared the grove of scare trees. Someone is singing happy songs. A lot of someone. The beautiful music carried over the cold, still moonlight air. It was the most beautiful music the fairies had ever heard. The fox carried the fairies right to the edge of the stone altar in the center of the grove, then knelt down. Look, said Otto Blossom as they slid to the snow cove covered ground. There is the medium and the mother and the old wise crone and many other little people. They are all smiling and happy, said Luca. Luca, as she locked around at the creatures. All the animals are here too, whispered Dandelion. Where are they all looking at the mother?
The fairies moved closer to the three ladies seated on the altar stone. The mother held a bundle close in her arms, smiling down at it. The maiden reached down and took the fairies gentle in her hand. She held them close to the mother so they could see what she held. A baby, the fairies cried. A new little baby. Look how he glows. He is the newborn sun king, said the maiden, smiling. But Brown Knob and the old oak tree said the sun king was dead, the fairies answered her. How can this little baby be the sun king? This is the greatest secret of the winter solstice. The old wise one touched the baby's cheek with her wrinkled hands. Every year the sun king must come to the second grove during the darkest days of winter where he dies. I take his spirit to the mother who gives him new life again. This is the way for all the creatures, not just the sun king. You mean everything lives and dies and lives again? The fairies looked down in the wonder at the baby sun king nestled in the arms of the mother. Yes, little ones, answered the old wise colonel. There is never an end to life. This is the greatest mystical secret of winter solstice. The fairies laughed because they were so happy. Author unknown. It is so sweet and cute and adorable, this little story. I hope y'all really enjoyed it. I find it was a really cute little story that was adorable. And it was interesting, that's for sure. Was it something I was expecting to like? I mean, I didn't know it was that cute. But it's weird the author is unknown. I guess they didn't want to be known. Which is interesting. And on the uh, website it has a fairy with like uh, deer antlers. With like orange wings. And then they have like a fairy in orange, green, and blue around a baby. And daffodils. Then there's a gnome. A fox. A big photo of fairies and all magical creatures that live in the forest all together waiting for the Sun King to be reborn. This is so adorable. It even has a shop apparently. Informationfairygarden.com I want to get this person credit for their adorable fairy garden kits features. I want to give this person credit, but I can't find where their name is. Every fairy garden is a unique as the person creating it. Ah, oh, that's cute too. They have fairy gardens you could buy, which is adorable. It's called Fairy Garden. I will post it on my Facebook so y'all can go and check that out where the story is and what it's about. It's adorable and sweet. And I hope you all like this fun little story. It's just supposed to be fun, cute, and adorable. I hope y'all have a great, wonderful day. And I hope you all have fun out there in podcast land. Bye for now.
out. Today, for Does This Thing Still Hold Up? Uh, Thursday. Yep, it's Thursday. We're talking about a little princess. That's right. A Little Princess is a children's novel by France. Francis, my glasses are dirty. Great. Huggerson first published as a book in 1905. It is an expanded version of a short story, Sarah Crew, or What Happened at Miss Minchin's, which was sterilized in St. Nicholas from December 80, 1887 and published in book form in 1888, according to Francis. After she composed the 1902 play A Little Princess based on that story, her publisher asked that she expand the story as a novel with the things as people that had been left out before. In the book, Sarah is placed in Mitz Minchin's boarding school in London because her father is going to India to develop his business. He lavishes his daughter with expensive gifts and wants her to what for nothing. What makes Sarah such an endearing character is that she doesn't make her horrible and she has a real understanding for the pilot of others who are less fortunate than her, such as Becky, who is in, who is the maid in the boarding school. However, Sarah's life is turned upside down when it is revealed that her father has died of jungle fever and that he was in a great deal of debt, so she is left penniless. That is the reason why she has to work for Miss Minchin as a servant along with Becky. Whether the film is actually set in a different time period to when the book was set, it took place just at the outbreak of World War One, which um, adds interest. The ending of the two, both these books are both different. Okay, wait, I must just get something here. Whether the f okay. Interesting to the pilot, Sarah in the film has actually grown up in India and is moved by her father to Miss Minchin School in America because her father has to fight for Britain in World War I and he believes that America is a safe place for her to be. The film focuses on Sarah's relationship with other girls and her compassion towards another pupil at school who is bullied. She has become a servant in the film because her father has been killed in the war and the British government have apparently seized all of his assets. The ending to both these books are also different. In the books, a sickly Indian man moves into the house next door to the school and Sarah becomes intrigued and why he is there and who he is. It turns out that he is her father's childhood friend and business partner. His jungle fever wasn't as bad as Sarah's father and it turned out that the 
diamond mining business was actually rather successful. Her father's friend felt guilty but had no idea how to locate Sarah. So I watched the TV movie version and this is exactly what happens in that version. It's really good and it goes through her being like super wealthy to her being poor to her having this like person she can confide in and she has a friend who's a maid but the reason she's a maid is she gets paid to be a maid. Sarah's there because she has to pay off the debt and it's mentioned comes from being super nice to Sarah to evil and I do mean like evil. Sarah meets Servant Ram Doss, who has a pet monkey who visits Sarah and Bucky in the attic. Christopher Heats, however, the girls don't know who the gifts are. F oh, the girls who live next door who live in this such horrible conditions and send them gifts. However, the girls don't know. <coughs> <coughs> who has been sending her gifts. One night the monkey escapes and Sarah's and she takes him back and discovers that Chesford is living next door and he discovers she is the daughter of her business, his business partner. So it restores her fortune and allows Becky to come and live with them to be Sarah's personal servant. The ending is very interesting. The ending of the film has to be one if not the best. Some people like the ending of the, this one. It is short. Um, the old man who lives next door has a son who was reported missing in action during the war and a man missing his description is discovered in the hospital, but the man is suffering from severe amnesia. The old man knows this is not his son, but the advice of his Indian servant invest, invites the man to his home. Sarah and Becky have been visited by the other girls in their attic room, which is forbidden. Miss Minchin catches them and locks Becky and Sarah in the attic, saying they won't be getting food, and Sarah will have to, will have her and Becky work. They fantasize about what they would eat if they could have a banquet and fall asleep. When they wake up, the room has been decorated and filled with all the delicious treats they have dreamed of. However, Miss Mission turns up and accuses Sarah of stealing all the stuff in the room and calls the police. Sarah decides that she must escape and she cannot be caught by the police, so she uses a wooden board to crawl across between the buildings. While Miss Minchin, Becky, and the police watch on in horror as she barely manages to make her way across the plank as the rain pours. Obvious use of... Once she makes it to the house next door, lightning strikes and the power is cut. The man who has lost his memory finds Sarah hiding in the house. As the power comes back, she recognizes the man as her father. So this is one of them. Okay. 
plot, Sarah Crewe is a sweet daughter of Captain Richard Crewe, a wealthy and honest living in India. Sarah's mother died along with her baby sister when she was very young, and she has to leave her beloved child home and friends when her father volunteers to fight for the British Army as an officer in World War I, Captain Crew puts Sarah in an all-girls boarding school in New York, school her mother attended in her youth, and in instructed the cruel and selfish headmistress, Miss Minchin, Miss Marie Minchin. Yeah, she's hopeful. She's almost as bad as Miss Hannigan from Annie, maybe even worse. And I know that's saying a lot. To spare no expense making his daughter will be comfortable while he's away, he has reserved her the school's largest suite and gives her a special locket of her mother's picture. A and a French doll named Emily, telling her that if she wants to talk to him, just to speak to Emily, and he will hear it. Though she finds the strict rules and Miss Minchin's harsh attitude stiffing, Sarah becomes popular among the girls, including the scallion maid, Becky. For her kindness and powerful sense of imagination, she writes constant letters to her father, which are a great source of happiness for him on the battlefield. Due to a body being misidentified, Captain Crew is wrongly pronounced dead when in actuality, uh, when he's actually s seriously injured and suffering from amnesia, and British government takes his company and assets, putting Sarah Crew, putting Crew and Sarah in debt. When Miss Minchin hears the news, she is in the middle of throwing a lavish birthday party for Sarah, hoping to export more money from her father. When Crew's solicitor arrives and tells her there will be no more money, Miss Minchin is furious. Since Sarah is now penniless and has no known relatives, Miss Minchin decides to move her to the attic with Becky to work as a servant where she will report to the cook, Mabel. At 5 a.m., Miss Minchin also confiscates all of Sarah's personal belongings, including her locket as, uh, for her financial loss, leaving her with only Emily and a book. Meanwhile, the elderly neighbor, Charles Ralph, has received word that his son, John, who is fighting in Europe, is missing in action. He is asked to identify a soldier suffering from amnesia. But he is discouraged, discovered, is not shown. His wise Indian's assistant, Ram Doss, encourages him to take in the man anyway, reminding him that he may not know what he may know what happened to his son. Through her life, though her life is bleak, Sarah remains kind to others and continues to hold onto her belief that all girls are princesses. Sarah and Bucky later play a uh, prank on Miss Minchin after she remades a young chimney sweep boy. Sarah even shows sympathy towards Miss Minchin's sister, Amelia. Ram, who lives in the attic of the Ralph house, brought 
to notice Sarah and Becky by the household monkey and hears Sarah telling a measure stories to Becky. He mentions the girls to his employer, saying he would like to make some of their imaginations come true. When the girls later speak up to visit, sneak up to visit Sarah and caught in this mention, Sarah protects her friend by saying she invited them. As punishment, Miss Minchin locks Becky in her room and assigns Sarah to perform both Becky and her own chores for the next day without anything to eat for both of them. She even taunts Sarah over believing she is a princess. But when Sarah stands up to Miss Minchin saying that all girls or princesses, despite their mis miserable lives, she angrily threatens to throw her out on the street if she's seen with the girls again. After Mitch Minchin angrily walks out to distract them from their hunger, Sarah and Becky imagine a huge banquet with themselves warmly and uh, dressed nicely, and a pleasant fire burning in the great fireplace. The next day, they woke to find the dream has come true, all having secretly been brought over by Ram. Later that night, Amelia sneaks out of the school and runs off to with the milkman. When Mish Misha notices Sarah's locket is missing, she goes to Sarah's room and confronts her. After she discovers all the finery left by Ram, and increasingly irate Miss Minchin accuses Sarah of stealing everything and summons the police. And you know what happens there. So there is two things that happen. Captain Crew, a wealthy widower, English widower, has been raising his only child, Sarah, in India, where he is um, sentenced with the British Army. Because the Indian climate is considered too harsh for children, British families living there traditionally send their children to boarding school back home in England. The captain enrolls his seven-year-old daughter at Miss Minchin's boarding school for girls in London and dotes on his daughter so much that he orders and pays the headmistress for special treatment and luxuries for Sarah, such as a private room for her personal maid and a separate sitting room, along with Sarah's own private carriage and a pony. Miss Minchin openly fawns over Sarah for her money, but is secretly bitter toward her for her wealth. Now there are about three movies that I know of. The one from like 1995, I think, which is the one I saw first. Then there is Shirley Temple's, Shirley Temple's version, Temple. And then there is the TV movie version. There might be more, but those are three I know of. In spite of what of said wealth, Sarah is not self-conceited, rude or snobbish, but rather kind, generous, and compassionate. She extends her friendship to, oh, I forget how to say her name, Egermit, E.G., St. John, the school dunce to Lottie, a four-year-old given to tantrums, and to Becky, the lowerly scholarly maid. When Sarah, um, people call her princess, she embraces its favorably elements in her natural 
kind-heartedness. After some time, Sarah's 11th birthday party is celebrated and is mentioned with a lavish party attended by all of her friends and classmates. Just as it ends, Miss Minchin learns of Captain Crew's unfortunate demise due to jungle fever. Berber, prior to his death and previous wealth, Captain had lost his entire fortune. A close friend from high schoolboy days had pursued him to cash in his investment and deposit the proceeds to develop a network of diamond mines. The scheme fell, fails, and the preteen Sarah is left orphan and a pauper, which just means she has no family and is poor. Basic. She slowly advances into the parlor, catching her doll. Had, uh, had him to cash in his, okay, yeah. No other family and nowhere to go, Miss Mission is left with a sizable unpaid bill for Sarah's school fees and luxuries, including her birthday party. Infuriated and pities, penniless, Sarah takes away, uh, she takes away all Sarah's possessions, except for some old frokes and her old, her doll Emily makes her live in a cold and poorly furnished attic and forces her to earn her keep by working as a servant. She also forces Sarah to wear frocks much too small for her, with her thin legs peeking out of the brief skirt. For the next two years, Sarah is abused by Miss Minchin and the other servants, except for Becky, Miss Minchin's kind young sister, Amelia deplores the way that she is Sarah is treated, but is too weak-willed to speak about it. Sarah is starved, works for long hours, set out in all kinds of weather, poorly dressed in outgrown and worn-out clothes, and deprived of warmth or a comfort bed in the attic. Despite her hardship, Sarah is consoled by her friends and uses her imagination to cope, pretending she is a prisoner in the basil or a princess disguised as a servant. Sarah also continues to be kind to everyone, including those who find her annoying or mistreat her. One day, she finds a coin in the street and uses it to buy buns at a bakery. Despite being very hungry, she gives most of the buns away to a baker girl who is hungrier than herself. The baker shop owner sees this and wants to reward Sarah, but she has disappeared, so the shop owner instead gives the baker girl bread and a warm shelter for Sarah's sake. Meanwhile, Mr. Crawford and his Indian assistant Ram have moved into the house next door. We've already talked about this. So, there are a lot of versions of this. Mary Pickford in A Little Princess. Shirley Temple as Sarah in The Little Princess. So, play. After writing Sarah Crew, okay, yeah, we talked about that. There's a 1917 version. Mary Pickham as Sarah. 1939 version. 1995 American version. 1995 Filipino version, 1996 
version and animated film produced by Bailey. 1997 Russian film, television 1973, 1986, Princess Sarah, a Japanese anime series, um, The Penniless Princess, a VeggieTale episode. I think I actually saw that when I was a kid. There's a musical, A Little Princess, um, theater, related books, in 20, uh, no, in 1995, Apple published a series of three books. The Princess Trilogy was an updated version of the classic with a little title character named Molly rather than Sarah. Molly Stewart's father was a famous film director who left his daughter in a posh, upscale boarding school. There were three books in the series, which ended in a similar way as the original, Marley's Heart, The Room on the Attic, and A Home at Last. Um, there's also games. A, li a Little Lily Princess is a retelling of the classic novel in various novel form. The game puts the player in the shoes of Sarah Crew, a girl who is clever, kind, and has amazing imagination. Bored in British India, Sarah is sent by her beloved papa to educate in a refined boarding school for ladies in London. There she meets the headmistress, but fate is a cruel mistress. So I really like this movie. It is adorable, sad, sweet. It has its ups, its downs, and its all arounds. I know, I just sound really crazy. I hope you all like. Have a great holiday because tomorrow is Christmas Eve and the next day is Christmas and I'm gonna try to take off, I guess. The word is try. I hope um, y'all have a great, wonderful holiday and a good new year. I'll see you after that probably. Bye for now, signing off. Okay, the Loud House Christmas Special, oh boy, for Movie Monday. Yeah, okay. When his sisters have their own Christmas plans, Lincoln Loud decides to secretly bring them back to continue their old Christmas traditions with the help of his best friend Clyde. For some reason, he thought the good old idea was to literally he thought a good idea was to literally destroy everything his sisters worked hard for. And he literally destroyed his sister's relationship with her girlfriend. Like, dude, that is not okay. Like, you cannot go around destroying people and making them look bad and making things sound bad just because you're upset. Dude, you need some help. Also, I would have preferred this as much as I will give it credit for giving people some actors, some, uh, you know, some people, some jobs and, you know, it's live action. It, 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 it's just bizarre though. The four year old looks like she's like Lincoln's age and she's supposed to be four and like the twins who are either younger or older than her look like they're his age. 
Luan, or is it Luna? The one who like is into the goth punk look. She looks like she's about my age and just like a teenager. Lori is in college. It doesn't, there's a, some photos I can review too. It, it, it was so bad. I mean, I like, it would have been better as a cartoon. Aside from a few bad wigs, this Bloodhouse Kiss movie was really good in a way that the cartoon is good. You see, it would have been better in a cartoon. I didn't think it was, Lincoln is gearing up for the ultimate Christmas until he finds out that most of his sisters have plans to be elsewhere for the big day. Determined to remind his family that they all need to be together, Lincoln and his best friend Clyde embark on a mission to sabotage their plans and preserve the family holiday traditions. Okay, let's find some facts about Lincoln Loud. Fifteen little known facts about the Louds. It is a promotional, okay. I don't know where this is up. The Loud House premiered on Nickelodeon May 2nd, 2016. The episode Left in the Dark, which follows Lincoln trying to make it past all of his sisters to be the first one on the couch and claim the TV. The show was featured as a short in 2013 Nickelodeon animated short programs and was such a hit it was greenlit for production the following year. In April of 2016 Nickelodeon released the short slice of life featuring Lincoln Loud teaching viewers how to get the last slice of pizza in the house with 10 siblings. The Loud House is the 37th Nickelodeon Nicktoon in Nickelodeon history. We think it's some pretty good company. I like the cartoon better than the live action one because the live action one made no sense. What? I just didn't like it. And if you've never watched the cartoon, the movie wouldn't make any sense because Lori's off in college. I think it's Lori. Luban and her girlfriend are like going on like a trip together. Lincoln looks a little older. Clyde and his dads are going to see Santa. What bothers, maybe it's just the looks. I don't know. I think it doesn't make sense in a live action version. Like there's a scene where they have this shark gator and it looks so unrealistic. I'm like, how would anyone believe this is real at all? 